All right, uh, there's one movie right now that is dominating. It's not just dominating in ticket sales. It's made over $300 million worldwide already. I think it's in its second week of release. It's insane. But it's also stolen the hearts of everybody who has seen it. The movie is called Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Okay? Miles Morales, Gwen Stacy, Spider-Man 2099, Peter B. Parker, Spider-Punk. Everybody is in this film <laughs> making memories for people that uh, really across age ranges, people are loving the movie. Um, we're lucky enough to have one of the creators of this film with us today. The co-director of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Kemp Powers, is joining us today on Higher Learning. How you doing, my brother? I'm doing well, man. I'm still kind of in this surreal space where you can't believe how much people are loving the film. Like I, like I was saying, like, you know, we work on it for years and kind of wondering, we're like, man, we hope someone else likes this movie other than us. Yeah. So it's been a real nice surprise to see how much people have gotten into it. So you say years. How how many years did you guys work on it? Um, I think it was about four years total. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to it's it's everyone knows on this podcast and who listens that I don't normally watch like these type of movies. I loved it. Oh, nice. <laughs> back and watch the first one. I was all in and I felt like I was a, an expert talking about it. But <laughs> Van touched on something which I think just adds to the greatness. There's so many great things about it, but the movie has so much heart and you do fall just like in love with Miles and his mother and that relationship. And I'm just wondering, you know, how much you wanted the heart to be a part of the action and, and, and going into this film and, and putting that all together. I mean, that was the, that was our North star. Mm -hmm. I mean, without the heart, there is no film. Then it's just product. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that's, yeah. uh, I, I've always been one of those people who's like, I don't care how big this business gets. I don't refer to what I do as product ever because as corny as it sounds like we're, we're artists and we always said we love Miles Morales. We love him and his family. It's one of the things that makes him different than all the Peter Parkers you've ever seen before, all the other characters. And as long as we don't lose sight of that and build around that strength of their family, um, we, we felt like we couldn't really go too far off course. So, so I mean, one of the things that excited me the most about being on this film was expanding the role of Rio and Jeff, his mom and dad, who were great characters in the first film, but like we really wanted to kind of build them out in that relationship. We always said that this film was meant to be a coming of age story, both for Miles and for his parents, for parents who go from having an adolescent to a young adult. It did not hurt that at the time that I started on this film, my own son, who's in college now, was like the same age as Miles Morales. Oh. So I was kind of living through all of those <laughs> yeah. changes, yeah. that kid who it's like everything be my best friend. What happened? Like, yeah. wh what's going on with you? Like, you, yeah, know what I mean? you know what I mean? Like, yeah. no yeah. kind of like going off, becoming an adult, doing their own thing. They stop sharing with you and you're used to being so close and it throws you off a little bit. And I think this film, I'm hoping kids dig it and kids can relate to it, but I'm also hoping their parents will sit there and relate to it just as much. Did your son comment on that? Did he notice the similarities at all? I don't know if he noticed it. He's, he's, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I hope he did. Yeah. I, I hope he did. I mean, I'll ask him when I get home. Yeah. He came home for the summer. So I'll, I'll walk through the door and be like, did you notice the similarities? <laughs> so I don't know. So I remember when Miles first made his debut. 
Um, it's created by Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah Pacelli, and it wasn't something that was without controversy um, because there was a point, and if people don't know, in the history of comic books, but particularly in Marvel, where there was a push to have more diversity um, in the comic book characters, but people didn't want new characters that were diverse. They wanted diverse takes on classic characters, and it wasn't always well-received. When Miles first came around, people were like, well, we don't need a black Spider-Man. Right. And very quickly, he became his own character, right. his own Spider-Man, his own universe, his own world, his own powers, his own uh, pitfalls and, and, and triumphs. Um, when you guys are doing the movie, do you guys think in your mind, this is a black Spider-Man story? This is a story about a Spider-Man who doesn't have some of the same experiences that a Peter Parker would have. Um, is that uh, is that something that you guys think about, or has Miles become something bigger than that? I mean, the answer—I mean, both. Well, I got to answer both in the affirmative. He has become something bigger than that. But no matter how big he gets, we can't lose sight of who he is, where he's from, his ethnicity, his neighborhood, his family, his makeup. He's half black and half Puerto Rican. And, you know, I'm actually from New York. So it, the environment that he represents is the same environment that I'm from. Uh -huh. And you always want to strive for as much authenticity in the character and their world as humanly possible. Because, look, you could be from, you know, Nome, Alaska watching the film and just enjoy it. But it's really important to me if it's someone else who's from Brooklyn <laughs> and from that community mm -hmm. that, yeah. they, that they don't get pulled out of it because they're like, man, this is fake. This, yeah. You know, this is whack. It's like, you, you, where are you from? Like New Orleans? I'm from Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. So yeah. like, you know, like someone does something in Louisiana, there's these very specific Louisiana things, I think. Yeah. And if a character's supposedly from Louisiana, you don't want them to just be going like, gumbo, gumbo, gumbo. Yeah. yeah. Like there's hey, more to- Hey, eat a jumbo? <laughs> hey, what? No. You know I, what I, I mean? You mean. There's, there's, there's these the fine points, Yeah, right. fine points uh, of, uh, of your culture, of where you're from. And when you see it, someone who's from there, you know what I mean? Like just kind of leans in a little bit more. So- it's about kind of encompassing both. But I think that you can be, and I've said this a long time, but I think you can get hyper-specific and still tell the most universal story. Because even if it's something that's specific and unfamiliar to you, when that character then goes through things that you go through, uh -huh. it helps you understand that like everyone in the world, no matter where they're from, no matter what their ethnicity, they're all dealing with the same thing. Parents want their kids to be all right. Yeah. Kids want to break away from their parents. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, it's uh -huh. just, that's, that's universal. It doesn't matter where you're from. So, so yeah, it's uh, not to be wishy-washy, but I got to answer like in the affirmative for both of those. That makes sense. <laughs> I, what I found interesting too is there's, there's a lot going on, but you can still understand it even if you're new to the world like me. How many spider people are in this movie? And how many, how oh, many, really, do, do you know the answer to that? And then how many mm. multiverses do we see as well? well Cause we see a lot of, well, there's, there's hundreds, but understand a lot of them are background spider people like of our own creation okay. of like okay. our team created some. That's cool. And yeah. I'd say there's probably somewhere between 80 and 95 like specific spider people that we pull from various um, Spider-Man comics. But our film really kind of focuses on a, a pretty core group, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. Miles, um, Gwen Stacy, Peter B. Parker, uh, Miguel O'Hara. Uh, Spider-Punk, who's, who's voiced by Daniel Kaluuya, Spider-Man India, you know, Pav. Um, yeah, I think it's like a core group of like, uh, like seven or eight that are kind of our primary, 
uh, speaking roles. And, and we go to, I think, at least six worlds, maybe even more in terms of brief snippets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that was one of the most challenging aspects of the whole film, technically, because from a production design standpoint, it's not like you go to this world and because you're only there for 15 minutes, it's that percentage. It's like, no, it's like making a whole movie because you got to design the entire world out as though the whole movie is going to be set there. And we did that again and again and mm-hmm, again. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure the styles don't clash with one another. The characters from a different world can exist in that world that's not theirs and not jump out. Or ju- if they do jump out, it's because we want them to. Like when the vulture is in Gwen Stacy's world. Mm-hmm. So you have this watercolor gouache painting kind of environment but then you have this character inspired by leonardo da vinci's you know drawings of the renaissance that kind of clashes when he exists in that world yeah you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey this episode is brought to you by atlassian Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. You are you you directed Soul, co-directed Soul. Co-directed Soul, yeah, and co-wrote it. Yeah. yeah, you made some history there. Yeah, I guess. I, I didn't know until someone told me though. Oh wow. Yeah. Wait, they don't tell you that? No. I mean, it's not like they would <laughs> bring you in and they're like, Congratulations, you're the first black guy to ever be. <laughs> I'll be real with you. I would expect somebody to mention that. No. Okay, was... So I would expect somebody to be like, you know, just as you guys are doing the thing. Kept just to let you know, uh, I don't know if you know this, but this is kind of historically the first black code. But would that be weird? Would it would have been weird. weird. That would have been so like, if, someone, if somebody at Disney would have been like, Kemp, we want to let you know you're the first black co-director we've ever had. Like, you get that email. Like, that would have made me kind of <laughs> almost not want to do the job. It's like, why am I here? You know what I mean? It's like, would you felt the pressure? I think it's more just like, is that the only reason I'm here? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm just, I'm like a, a writer and a director. I'm an artist who's just like doing his thing. Uh-huh. And that would have kind of made me self-conscious, right. I guess. It's like, wait, is that the only reason? But instead, yeah, someone, it was after the movie was coming out that someone told me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I was like, oh, I had no idea. And I had to, I was like, really? In a hundred years? Like no one? And it's, I guess that speaks to, you know, greater issues um, in, in animation. Because coming from the world like of comic books, there's been tons of like trailblazing, you know, black artists. Yeah. And, I mean, we were talking about when we were a bit younger. I mean, I remember when Larry Stroman did his run on X Force. Remember oh. that? That was such a big deal. Yeah. Uh, are you not in the comics? Are you? Okay. I can see she's sorry, smiling Kim. in that way. It's kind of like I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm sorry. Sorry for cursing. Oh, no, oh, no, yeah, okay. Because <laughs> she was looking like mm-hmm. Larry Stroman X Force. Yeah. 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 No. It's, it's funny. You know what the thing is? Like I could say anything to her. And he has. I has done it before I could say anything. You know, we, we, we could be talking about all kinds of different things. It's so unfair. You know, we could say that uh, Larry Jenkins made Ham Hoc Comics in 1993 <laughs> for specifically black characters. And, and the first co- the first book, Slave Man, number one. And Rachel would be like, oh, my God, really? They did that? And I'd be like, it was very controversial. And she would, you, you can just say anything but to her. You you can. And I'm and I am gullible in that sense. But I but doesn't that speak to that? I am not. I don't read comics. I'm not into the world, but I even I could enjoy the art and the story in this movie. I mean, that's great because 
ultimately, we're filmmakers and this is a film. Mm -hmm. So if you enjoy film, we want you to be able to enjoy this. Of course, you can enjoy it on a deeper level if you're a fan of comic books, if you're a fan of Spider-Man. But ultimately, if you like film, if you like movies, if you like live action movies, we want you to be able to enjoy this on a story level, on an emotional level, on an action level. I mean, Joaquin Dos Santos, one of the co-directors, is just one of the best um action directors in animation and one of the things I, I just i was so blown away by his boards that turned into some of our big action set pieces in this film and it's the kind of stuff where you're just like can you even pull this off in live action so every element of the film man we we were fans ourselves mm -hmm. and just getting excited more and more excited as we saw this stuff starting to come to life i, I want to mention a name here because it was it's a name that it's a story that i'm very interested in telling maybe with with uh, Six Feet Over Productions, uh, a name of somebody who never directed anything but was a pioneering animator um, at Disney, Floyd Norman. I just want to throw his name out there so people go and do your research about guys still with us right now and about all the work that he did on some of the Disney films that you love. Um, so there were people around there just they didn't get to the point that you got to right. when you was running the show. I mean, that's, uh, I think that's what it is. It's yeah. just that, you know, animators and storyboard artists um, but it, but it's it's it is kind of shocking that, yeah. that no one was ever in a, in a position to be a director of, of one of these films because there's plenty of people who are capable sure. of of doing it. But animation is a little bit different also than a lot of other mediums in that when they're developing an animated film, at least in my experience, it kind of starts it's developed through the director. So it's kind of like starting off with a story that you got to get a lot of buy-in from. And in right now. These movies have gotten really expensive. Absolutely. You, you know, like animated films, people get it twisted because cartoon and think that's cheaper. But animated film, well, it might be cheaper now just because live action's gotten so crazy expensive. Yeah. That now we have like $300 million movies, which is kind of nuts. Yeah. But, bro, but for they Fast are. Fast X, bro. Was it $300 million? It's 334 Really? For Fast X. Because of the salaries X of the cast? It's or? three. 34. I haven't seen it, so it must have some to crazy watch stunts. A kid jump out of a car, moving car, going at a hundred miles an hour into another car for Vin Diesel to catch him in his arms. God bless everyone involved. Three hundred and thirty million dollars for Fast X. Okay, whatever. Um, but, I wanna, but you went from Pixar and Sony. Pixar is. I don't know, man. Like that's like the Motown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. But what Sony Animation is doing is so cutting edge, almost bleeding edge yeah. with the way that they're animating. Uh, I mean, that's what excited me about going to Sony, because when I wrapped up at Pixar, um, I was commuting back and forth for a few years on Seoul when I was finally coming home to L.A. Um, you know, I was talking to my people like, well, if you're interested in any more animation, I was like, honestly, I'd love to meet the people at Sony because it seems like the Wild West over there. Oh, wow. And so, that, like, so you you sought them out. Yes. Oh, yes. okay. Coming off of Seoul, I wasn't even done with Seoul yet. And it's like, I want to meet the folks at Sony because they are like wilding out. Like all of their animated films are so different. And I'm just curious what they're up to. And so that turned into a meeting with Lord Miller. And I didn't even know they were doing a Spider-Verse sequel. Uh -huh. So we just like hit it off in this meeting. And they're like, you know, we're doing another Spider-Verse. They, um pitched me the the story of where it was going to go um, and then asked me to come on board um, as a director. And I met the other two guys, um, Joaquin Dos Santos, who'd been around since before the first one was done, and Justin K. Thompson, who was the production designer on the first film and got made director on this one. Three of us hit it off and it was like, bet, let's, let's do it. <laughs>
This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Question. Yeah. I've been on many sets. I don't know how you direct an animated movie. Yeah. What's the process uh, of getting an animated movie rendered and all of that? And then yeah. as a director, right. what do you guys do when, when it's animated? Well, you're directing people. But just take the sets away and put the sets inside of a computer. Okay? We're building sets only instead of going on location um, the location is inside of our computer, the three-dimensional sets. It's part of, it's a part of the process called layout. Um, it starts with storyboards. You work with a story team. Those are the people who draw the 2D storyboards. And early on in the process, it's iterative. That means we make the movie again and again and again and keep on making changes. In the early stages, we're the ones doing the voices. It's called scratch. We hire a couple of actors, but the directors and the staff i mean it could be a security guard like uh -huh. i was voicing jefferson for a while yeah. you know joaquin was voicing 2099 justin was voicing like three of the villains he and we're doing the voices we're kind of throwing it up again seeing what works seeing what doesn't then you cast it you get to the point where it's in layout it's when the story is largely coming together so you know your locations and you start building scenes digitally in the computer when you're building it layout in the computer that's when you start setting the camera um, and, and that's, you know, that, you're that's, that then yeah. now you're, yeah, yes. you're, it's, it's conventional now you're, you're <laughs> then, directing. Then you start bringing in the cast uh -huh. and they're in the sound booth and you got to get their performances. So those sessions usually do it in four hour blocks and, you know, we got a big cast. So and you do session after session because we keep on rewriting it. Right. So then you start dropping that into, then it's after layout, you start animating it. So the animators get the voices of the actors and then they animate the performance. So when you're seeing an animated performance, it's really two sides. There's the vocal and the physical. The Man. vocal is the actor. The physical is the animator. The animator's doing all the performance. And they even do their own video reference for themselves. It's a super exciting process. Like, I think people, if they look behind the scenes, it would kind of blow their mind. Yeah. Oh, you know, like there's a, yeah. you describe. Then after after that, you know, we put in the the lighting, um, the VFX. Mm -hmm. Then the whole thing gets rendered. Rendering is is quite literally just like the processing of the computer time. That's why it takes so goddamn long. Right. And mm -hmm. and then you've got yourself an animated movie. But the the main difference, the, the other main difference is that you feel the early stages is very much like ideas. You're looking at art. 
you're you're coming up with ideas. You have artists who are doing paintings. You're trying to like visualize the world, visualize the characters. But once you start getting into production, it's a couple of years of just pretty damn intense, <laughs> long days for for everybody involved. You have such a diverse portfolio. I mean, you scripted one night in Miami, yeah. which is just we talked about that. What we had um, all this on the Academy oh, yeah. on the podcast I, yeah, before, I like I mean, I just yeah. amazing. Oh but I, I I love that the concept of taking a real event and then having this fictionalized, yeah. you know, movie screenplay, whatever it may yeah. be about it, and you have the nineteenth. That uh, came out in it came uh, out just a few months March, ago. Right? Yeah, yeah, it ran in San Diego. What was the inspiration behind that? The photo, the photo of um, Tommy Smith and John oh, Carlos oh, throwing yeah. up their fists, uh, and that was. Look, I, I read both men's bios. It was one of those things where I knew the photo, but I didn't know the story. Yeah, and it was really three men: those two and Peter Norman, who's the, the yes. third guy. Who, mm -hmm. He's not raising a fist, but he's wearing a button, and he got ostracized, and he it, it cost him dearly. Dearly, like, yeah, exactly. So I was right. like, oh man, these three guys. Uh -huh. No one really knows anything about any of them, and I was just fascinated by it and wanted to once again uh, dramatize that that story. So I wrote that play. Jeez, I wrote the play back in like 2018. But then COVID hit and yeah. theater just shut down. So it's one of those things that like went into the drawer and um, a producer, you know, came up uh, about a year ago and was like, I'd love to share that play you wrote. And a bunch of theaters were interested. San Diego was close enough that I could. Um, it's first, it's a great theater. The Old Globe's amazing. And it was close enough that on the weekends I could go down from my Spider-Verse production and sit in on a couple of rehearsals. That's amazing. And we and we got that up. So I'm I'm always going to write plays mm -hmm. because so much of who I am, it's so Hollywood is funny. It's like you do something that gets people's attention and then they want you to do something that's like nothing like the thing that got your attention. So theater is one of those things that allows me every now and again to remind people what's unique about my voice. And I think that's how I've been able to kind of like within film to continue to do interesting original stories because I'm always reminding people through my plays the types of stories I'm capable of telling that might not seem like they make sense, but like, tr I'm always saying like, trust me, mm -hmm. have faith. Right. It's going to connect to an audience. Yeah. So to have an audience in San Diego, which is, look, it's a pretty conservative city, watch a play with two brothers throwing a fist up and like jump up cheering. Mm. Trust me. Like, mm -hmm. it's not, <laughs> you, they, yeah. give, give us a chance to tell this story. Mm -hmm. And and I think people I can make people connect to it. Can I ask a follow up? I think sure. you'll be you'll think this is interesting too. I read that um, what also inspired you was looking at Colin Kaepernick sure. and what happened there and the aftermath of it sure. all. Uh, would you ever be interested in doing something like this or real regarding Colin Kaepernick? Honestly, um, I kind of like the zig and zag. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I do a certain thing and then it's like people want me to do a lot more of that. And that's mm -hmm. when I move and do something else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think yeah. after Spider-Verse, I'm probably going to like dip far, far away from both animation mm -hmm. and superhero stuff. Yeah. Because it, 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 the, the business is always trying to put us in the boxes. Mm -hmm. And the only way and my some of my heroes, my creative heroes, the things I love about them, they do whatever the hell they want. Right. It's whatever story is interesting them. And I'm interested in a lot of stuff and history. I mean, I've already written another history film mm -hmm. um, and, and I kind of feel like, OK, I've, 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 I'm trying black folks to like get our histories out there story. Mm -hmm. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, OK, there you go. Like now I want to do like a spy movie. 
Yeah. You know what? I'm yeah. straight yeah. up. Like, I'm yeah. straight up like, all right, I think I want to do a spy movie now. Right. Because I want to, because I what like spy. spy movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. I got two more questions. One, I got one question, I got one pitch. Um, (laughs) So, so, there's a discourse surrounding Spider-Verse okay. across Spider-Verse. It's a friendly, playful discourse. Okay. It's something that we noticed, and I want to ask you since I got you here. Okay. All right, I want to spoil the movie for a lot of people. I, I have to. Okay. You have to see the movie. It's a spoil- spoiler. Uh, should you like spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. Spoiler, spoiler alert for okay. Spider-Verse right now. Okay. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, spoiler alert. They go to a specific universe at the end of the movie. Yeah. 42. Yeah. Okay. When they get there, things are different. Yeah. Miles, we don't know for sure, but it seems like he's a little angry or maybe evil mm-hmm. Miles. He's definitely the prowler yes. in this mm-hmm. universe. We don't know anything yet because we got a cliffhanger. Thank you for that, by the way. Everybody sure. was like, what? Yeah. But, <laughs> I got so many family members who called <laughs> cursing me out. And Everybody, I'm like, I was like, I was like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, when evil Miles. Maybe, yeah. When we see him, he's got brains. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And when I left the theater, I look at Kalika and I go, "So, was that a commentary on the wearing of braids? Is he is evil Miles? Does he have braids because he's a thug? Or are people and people we're making fun of it, but like, whose decision was it to give?" the hardcore miles, the prowler miles, two braids. Because people were wondering, are they trying to tell us something about well, the braids? first, I wouldn't call him evil miles. Okay. Straight up. I would not call that dude evil miles. It's miles raised without a father in a criminal society miles. That's okay. not evil miles. Okay. And people, I think, kind of make that. A, a, miles G. Morales, Miles G. That's just a, a, a leap they make because he's rougher around the edges. But 
think of it as like Miles who grew up during the crack era in mm-hmm. poverty. Right. You know, he's Miles G is just as smart as our Miles. Trust me. Right. right? The kid you'll you'll as you learn, there's a lot more to that kid. Right. Um and we wanted him to have uh, I mean, we worked on so many different designs for him. Yeah. And we wanted him to be just physically distinct. Mm-hmm. And we wanted it to also be a cool hairstyle. We thought right. Miles's hair was cool. We kind of grew it out. We gave him a fade in this mm-hmm. one. And it was like, well, shit, we should give him some braids. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't meant to be a commentary on him being a thug. It was just we wanted to have more. Look, man, I, I mean, one of the one of the one of the issues in Soul was I was so excited in Soul about showing different black hairstyles. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my favorite parts in this film, it's a very small thing. There's a character spider bite where we come in to meet her and she's going through hairstyles and her hair is oh, changing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? And it was like, she's going, no, no. Oh, that's kind of cute. Like mm-hmm. it was specific. Make sure she says that's kind of cute on the Bantu knots. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. thought is going into this right. about showing all these different styles. And we didn't want Miles G to look literally the thing come off. And he's got the same exact hairstyle. So no, it's not a commentary on him being a thug. And it's funny because you're not the first person who, friends with Rick Famuyiwa, the, the director of Dope, and Rick brought that shit up. Yeah. He was like, so you trying to say that? I was like, no, man, I'm not trying to say that. So Rick not also the... doing great work over there at Disney oh, with, yeah. uh, with the Star Wars. Yeah, Rick is yeah. the man. Like, yeah, Rick is the man. So Rick was one of the first people who kind of brought that up. I'm like, no, man, it's just like we're trying to make him, you know, like swaggy. You know right. what I mean? Just give him a little bit more swag. That's all. Then, then our Miles, who's a, a bit more of a bookish character in this and Miles G is kind of not. So, all right. So, look, we have uh, luminaries from the film world, and I always do a pitch. This is my pitch. All right. Okay. Something monumental happens next year. It's 2024. Okay. Mickey Mouse comes back into the public domain. Okay. Does he really? Yeah. You sure Disney's going to allow that? Steamboat Willie. Okay. The Steamboat Willie version of Mickey Mouse comes back into the public domain in 2024. Okay. okay, the steamboat. So I have an idea. Mickey Mouse, Rat King. This is the name. This is the movie. We start off. Come, come on, Kim. I'm listening. Oh, sorry. Go Kim, ahead. We we start off. Mickey Mouse basically because he's not with Disney anymore. He's kicked out of Disney. He's no longer in Disney. So he has to leave Los Angeles. He relocates to the Bronx. All right. Okay. And people will look at him like, "Damn, Steamboat Willie used to be the man." Blah 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 blah. He's down on his luck. He's got a drinking problem. You know what I mean? We see him frequenting different establishments late at night, you know? Is this rated R? Is it? Oh, it's rated R. This is a hard R. So this is like a a Ray Bashke, Bashke kind of. Yeah. Okay. 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 This is a hard R. Hard R. All right. So Mickey is like, you know, he's down. He's he's drinking. He's doing the whole thing. The whole thing is like, oh, you used to be somebody, Mickey, whatever, whatever. He's walking down the street one day. And he sees these kids. All right. And they're torturing a rat. Hmm. And he stops them. He's not a rat, but he's close enough to where he steps in for the rats. Okay. Mickey Mouse ends up becoming the rat king of New York. He controls all of the rats and he becomes a vigilante. Kind of like Rat Catcher 2, but different because he's now got something new to fight for. He goes from burrow to burrow targeting people who are environmentally bad, causing trash overflow. Every single rat adjacent issue, the rat king is taking the city back. It's Mickey Mouse. We can give him some braids. 
Okay. Give him a couple of braids. <laughs> Rat King. Okay. Kemp Powers, Van Lathan, Mickey Mouse, Rat King. They'll never let you in the door at Disney again. <laughs> I was going to say, this should start as a comic book. <laughs> you got to prove this concept in print, my friend. Not only prove it in print, but like, let's see how badly you get sued first from Disney. So I would do it in a safe environment of a comic book first. Go comic book first. Go comic book first. Comic book first. the concept and prove the legality of it and before you go to the next. None of his friends will talk to him because they're still with Disney. <laughs> Minnie and Donald and none of them will talk to him. He's on his own. Yeah. Like getting the rodents of New York together to take back the city. Think okay. about it. And, and when he gets to the Bronx, he connects with one of the descendants of the Fleischer brothers. Now don't forget the Fleischer used to be competitors to Disney yeah. and when, they're, when they did Popeye and Superman. Mm -hmm. And when they went out of business, one of the most demoralizing elements of it is that they had to take a job at Disney working for their competitor wow. as animators. So, you know, one of the descendants of the Fleischer brothers would have a chip on their shoulder. Because They'd Disney be messed over their family? Yes! Part of that, see? It's about yes. Well, no, it's yes and. You know yes what I'm saying? Like, me we, gotta, Kim, we gotta build on this. Me and Kim going back this. to the Academy Awards. <laughs> We're going back to the Oscars. Kim Powers, thank you so much for Thanks joining for us today me, on Higher Learning, thank brother. Thank you both. I really appreciate much, it. Much, much, much love and success to the movie. I think that you guys are going to have a big fall. Thanks. That's all I'm going to say. Appreciate that. All right, my brother. Peace, man. All right, peace, peace out. out.